So when it comes to taxes, you want to be proactive. You want to do the planning before the tax season so that you know your tax brackets, that you know that, okay, I don't have to wake every weekend, every night and have three, four, five jobs. No, you can do that, but you have to figure out, okay, I shouldn't go past a certain amount. This is why you find these people are able to avoid paying taxes is because of planning ahead of time. This is what uh, I'm encouraging people You are listening to Concrete Pastures Podcast. I am Nancy Mulemwasisi. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For anyone who is new on our platform, this is a space that allows myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of an immigrant status. We unlike the joys, the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. So subscribe, like, share, and stay a while as we dive into today's episode. I am so excited. We have our repeat guest, Mr. Noah Glover is back. Oh my God. This is the time of the year that um, I dread personally. If you're like me, <laughs> we're here to talk about tax. I mean, last time Mr. Noah was here, it was season two, episode 15 and 16, part one and two. Please check them out to get to understand his story, his immigration story and everything else that he's working on. Just a little bit of him. I mean, he's a public health strategist, media personality, tax advisor. That's why he's here. Life coach, author and poet, expert in program development, management and strategic analysis, passionate about impactful health initiatives and social change. Welcome, Mr. Ndlovu. How are you doing? Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here to share this moment and to just see how we can help our people to be more knowledgeable and informed of what is happening. Uh, listen, uh, for me, this time of the year, it's just like, okay, I feel like my money is being stolen every time I look at my <laughs> paycheck. For all of us mm -hmm. immigrants, I think we can feel the pain and then come January, February, March, until April. So tax season for anybody who's watching and listening outside of the US of A, it's from um, the end of January to April. And uh, today we want to touch on uh, personal tax returns. Mr. Dilovu is specialized in both consumer and business, but we wanted to touch on personal because that's a lot of what touches us. And for anybody who is um, interested in knowing the other side, he does both. So once you reach out to him, uh, you can actually ask him about the business side as well. But today we are discussing the um, consumer side. Um, so for starters, I mean, you are a man of many talents. Tax advisor, seriously. <laughs> we, we, we try to do as much as we can to make life it. easier for people. I love it. Um, for anybody who's joining us, thank you so much for joining us once again. And um, I will start with the question of you just explaining to us what are the what, what is the importance of consumer tax and then also the impact for individuals and uh, the economy as well yeah so again thank you for having me uh, back on the program uh, this is 
a very important uh, topic, a conversation that needs to be had, uh, especially there's actually an adage or saying, they say there are only two things that are true in America, death and taxes. So at some point, people die and either way, you have to pay taxes. So those are some of the things that we have to figure out to as much as possible to learn about this topic so that at least we can use the tax uh, law to our advantage. So consumer tax in most cases it's referred to as individual taxes. So consumer taxes are essential for keeping up the government running. So the government depends on the funds that they receive or the taxpayers, which is you and I, mm-hmm. pay to keep the government running for social programs, education, infrastructure. So it's not something that one can easily just uh, decide that they don't want to pay taxes. Taxes is what keeps the government running. So if you overpaid your taxes, During this time, people file their taxes. So if you overpaid, you get a refund. So if you underpaid your taxes, which means you, it gives you an opportunity to settle your bill with the government. So that is uh, what I can say about individual taxes. For a lot of us immigrants, my first job was babysitting. I was getting paid cash. And then once I started to work where they were deducting, I didn't mm-hmm. realize it. My first paycheck. I'm counting every dollar. I was getting $5 an hour. And mm-hmm. I'm counting. I'm like, oh, I've worked eight hours. This is how much I'm going to get. By the time mm-hmm. the week comes, I get my paycheck. Like a joke. I'm like, what happened to my money? And then when January comes, I'm filing for taxes. I'm single at a time. Could you just explain to us the the deductions go for single and also for couples or the people that do add their children or dependents on their um, deductions? All right, so that's that's a good question. So in this country, the the system that is employed is called progressive tax. So when you work, the more you work, the more tax you uh, you get charged. Mm-hmm. So you see when your tax. On your pay stub, they take out FICA, federal insurance contribution, and there's also Social Security, there's Medicare, sometimes there's state tax, there's city tax, there's municipal tax. There are all kinds of taxes. So all those taxes are necessary a mission area to keep up the government running and to cover social programs and things like that. So most people, especially our people, immigrants who are coming from another country, they always ask and wonder why there are all these deductions that are taken out. So a single person is considered single for tax purposes. You are what is called a standard deduction. A standard deduction every year gets adjusted due to inflation. So the more the inflation and the more the standard deduction so for instance for last year it was something like eleven thousand. but now this year the standard deduction has been pushed to thirteen thousand. so which means a single person a married person married but fighting jointly and there's what is called previously it used to be called widowed divorce but now it's considered the QSS, Qualified Single the Survivor. So in this case, what it simply means is that each person falls into a particular bracket. 
So the higher money you make, the more taxes that you get charged. So if you are single, your standard deduction is for this time around is 13,100. Now, if you are filing your taxes as head of household, which means your deduction is slightly higher. And the best case scenario when it comes to filing taxes is to file married and jointly. But in most cases, if you're not married, obviously you're not going to file married jointly. But if you're married, the best uh, tax bracket for you to get a higher refund is to ensure that you file jointly and you include your dependents. But you asked about dependents. If you have dependents, it puts you in a better bracket because you can qualify for what is called ECE and income credit. So depending on how much one makes, it's going to influence how much tax they are going to, to pay. So if you are single, chances are, especially if you don't have any dependents, you are likely to pay in a little bit more. But what normally helps out people is the fact that they have deductions and they have some credit. So that's what helps out. But if you don't have that, then it's always best to make sure that at least you are keeping receipts or all your expenses, because that comes in handy to help offset your tax liability. Um, so when it comes to dependents, there's people have different uh, age. Like my kids are four mm-hmm. and nine. And mm-hmm. there are some people who are taking care of, let's say, their parents and their older parents. Um, mm-hmm. I know for sure I can claim my children, but for mm-hmm. people who are taking care of older parents, they are, they are not working. Are we able to claim our older parents? Yeah, so the... A dependent does not necessarily mean a child. There's what is called a qualifying relative. So in your case, the nine and five, those are dependents. If they live in your household and you pay towards their upkeep six months, the minimum, the IRS looks at the minimum is six months. If you contributed for their upkeep and daily expenses for the kids, then as long as they are below 17 years old, then you are good. But in a case where you have parents, that they may, in, depending on the situation, so the tax law is written differently, your, uh, your parent could qualify, or anybody who is above 17 may qualify as a child due to some technicalities. If you are contributing towards their upkeep, Again, it depends on the situation. So let me give you a specific example. When you are 65 and above, most mostly people would have retired by then, but I, I know, I mean, most people are working and things like that. Technically, you can file for your parents as dependents. And also, depending on the situation, let's say you are taking care of mother who has some condition, as long as you are paying for their up, you are paying for their upkeep, then you can claim them. But if you're not paying for their upkeep, then it's a different case. So there's also what is called a qualifying relative. So in this case, a nephew and any other people who fall into the certain category, they can be claimed provided that you provide expenses for them, and they may not really provide pay that you can for your business. So for instance, when you are working as a W-2 employee, 
which is mostly the standard way for most people. When you are a W-2 employee, which means your deductions, your FICA, your Social Security, your Medicaid, and the other taxes, they're taken out. So you are being given the difference after the taxes is taken out. Now, if you are a 1099 employee, they give you the whole chunk. And it's up to you now to do your due diligence to pay the government. So 99 times out of 100, a person who is a a contractor. A contractor is somebody, for instance, like it's a caregiver and you are given a 1099. You are considered from the IRS perspective as a contractor and you are, in most cases, 99% of the time or 100% of the time, you are issued a 1099. A 1099 is a, is a statement of earnings for the period, in this case, 2023. So taxes are prepared for the following year. So 2023, it's now, this is the season that we are preparing and working on these taxes. So in order for you to get a huge refund, which is everybody's goal, is to ensure that you do your mathematics, you talk to, I encourage people to talk to your tax consultant they will help you plan accordingly. So let me give you a, a good re example. So if somebody makes more than 13000 you are cut off from any EIC in some cases, depending on how much is your income. So this is why I'm sure we have heard some people say, oh, no, I don't want to work so many hours because I will exceed or they will cut off my benefits. So in order for you to have a good understanding of what is going on nowadays, you may have seen on social media people encouraging people to talk to a tax advisor or talk to an accountant because yeah. they will help you to plan accordingly mm -hmm. so that at least you don't exceed certain threshold that puts you in a different tax bracket because in this country it relies on a system called progressive tax so for instance if you make ten thousand uh, below eleven thousand let's say for the whole year the, your income was less than 11,000, which means your tax bracket is 10%. Now, if you made more than 11,000, let's say 11,500, so your tax bracket is the 10% plus 12%, which is 22. It's called progressive because it's progressive. So the more money you make, the more taxes you get. Uh, I mean, you, you, you owe the government. So you want to make sure that at least you are doing your due diligence to ensure that you get a huge refund by speaking to a tax professional who advise accordingly how much you need to uh, be mindful not to go before certain thresholds, not to pick up any overtime that pops up. I know usually most people will pick the hours here and there, and then when it's tax season, they'll be like, oh, I do. I had to wait, but now I owe so much. So I encourage people to talk to a, I mean, you can reach out to me. We can chat on a one-on-one -on, -one on these things. Taxes is something that I've been doing for quite some time. So in order for you to have a good refund, document your expenses so that at least you are able to uh, apply them to reduce your tax liability. Documentation in this case is if you use your phone for business, 
if mileage, if you drive a certain places to do your business, the mileage has to be deducted because it has to be a allotted on the on there's a form called schedule c where you have to document your mileage for instance if you you you, you don't document your mileage for going to work no you document the mileage if you are you just read my mind i was about to ask that i'm like wait i drive my car to work are you talking about that too <laughs> Yeah, so like for instance, if anybody, like if I work just a regular job, I, I have to drive from my home to get to my job. So the driving from my home to the, my workplace, that's not deductible. Now, if I'm at my workplace and then I have to do certain things, let's say you're a caregiver and you drive from your home, you get to your workplace. Now, the client gets into the car and you have to go to the hospital, that's documented so you want to make sure that at least you are keeping up with that so that at least when time comes like this time around during the end of the year where you are looking for what did i do on such and such a thing what can i deduct what can i subtract so this is why talk to a tax professional before the uh, like especially this time around before the beginning of the year so that at least you have a roadmap of what to look out for. I know it feels good when you pick up some extra hours to obviously meet your financial obligations to pay your bills and all that stuff, but that in a way may come to hate you on your taxes because like I said, the, this country utilizes a tax system called progressive tax. So if let's say somebody made $50,000 for tax period 2023, the first 11,000 of the 50,000 is taxed at 10%. Now, the 11,000 to 22,000 is taxed at 12%. So if you, from, from the 50,000, from 10,000 to 22,000, your tax package is 10 plus 12. And then if you exceed the 22, going further up to 44,000, there is another uh, tax. So this is why you find that the, I mean, like I say, it's called progressive tax because it's progressive. So you want to fall within a certain tax bracket. So this is why you hear people talk about my tax bracket. So what is my tax bracket? The bracket is so that when you go beyond that, then it's your tax at a different rate. So this is why it's always important to talk to a professional who can help you have a strategy. So reducing uh, your tax liability, ensuring that you understand what are credits, what are deductions, helps to reduce your tax liability so that at least you pay as much as possible to the government and then you put, like Microsoft, I would say, more money in your pocket. Ah, oh my <laughs> goodness. Um, there's a really good question here from uh, Miss Lucy. Um, mm -hmm. I think it goes hand in hand with that because I, the, you know, the thing is, you think you know certain things because you've been around for a long time. This is why mm -hmm. we have expertise like you. I didn't know my tax progresses. I know Uncle Sam takes a lot. That's all I see. Oh, yeah. I but yeah. um, I, I've learned a lot just sitting here. So the question is, at what age does someone um, is exempt from paying tax? You are never exempted from paying tax unless it's uh, if you are receiving combat pay. They say you are out there shooting people. Combat pay is exempted from tax and insurance payment is exempted from tax. But normal wages and tips 
you are not exempted. When you are 65, you may get some deductions or credit that help you to lower your tax liability, but you are not exempted from paying tax in the U.S. This is why I say if there are two things, it's death and taxes. Yep, um, I, I can tell you guys, even my, my little ones pay tax. They go for a commercial, they get tax on their paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, you, yeah, you buy candy at the store, <laughs> yep. candy is a dollar, then there's a eight cents or whatever. So I think that's one of the uniqueness about this country is that the tax system is very functional. Unlike uh, back home in Africa, most of the countries have failed to have these institutions to collect these taxes. If, for instance, in Zambia, if you win the lottery, they pick a lot or the jackpot or whatever it's called. If it's a million dollars, they'll give you a million dollars. Here, if you, yeah. if you, if you, yeah, I think oh, now. Here in, in the US, if you win a million dollars, you you don't get a million dollars. Oh. If you if it, it may say this guy has won mega million or whatever, I mean, this lottery things they have, they say that if the amount is a million dollars, taxes from there it's about forty percent or so. So you get up somewhere about six hundred if you get the lump sum, unless the money is converted into these annuities, which is another conversation we can talk about. Then it's spread out because you be accumulating interest on those winnings. So if you're accumulating interest in those interests, you get charged. You, I mean, it, it will be taxed. Yeah. So it's 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 just one of those things like you you are taxed any which way unless you get to a point where you are. I'll give an example. Donald Trump and these people on the on the top, they pay little to no tax. You can pay little to no tax. You know why? It's because those people use tax professionals to plan for them. This is why I tell people that you want to make sure that at least you speak to a tax professional who knows what they're doing, and then they'll be able to advise accordingly. Yes. So in a way, you can be legally exempted from not paying any tax. How much tax do you think Jeff Bezos, Donald Trump, and these other people? Last time, I think from the taxes that we saw, uh, Trump was paying from millions, $750. That is true, and it's legal. There are certain tax codes, for instance, code 162, you can, as long as you can explain and justify that you are using this to end your business, it's a deduction. So I know it's outside the scope of this conversation. I'm just giving an example. For millionaires, what they do in most cases is, for instance, when when you see me wearing this white shirt, I mean, red shirt, I can tell the government that this is part of my identity as a tax professional. So when I go out there, people need to see me in the red shirt. So this is part of my identity. Therefore, it's a deduction because it helps my brand as a person. So people who have a yacht that, oh, I use this yacht to go and advertise so that it helps me and my person. So when I'm traveling, taking people to see, let's say, real estate, I have to wear this Gucci nonsense or this, what's the, that's women are crazy about this handbag, Gucci and what's the other one? Louis Vuitton. Uh, Louis Vuitton, yeah. So I have to have this Louis Vuitton, whatever outfit, so that one, it helps my image so that when I go out there, it's my branding. So you find that these people are able to deduct 
all these things from the taxes because according to code 162 it's illegal so this is why you have huge people huge people get away without paying much of the taxes but it's something that requires a lot of planning this is why you talk to a tax profession they can help in some of these things but it's not everyone who knows that's why i'm saying like some of these things you want to make sure that at least you are talking to people who understand taxes and they'll be able to help out so that's a long very long answer to your question no really really good so my next question is what are some common red flags that can trigger audits i think it's something that a lot of people worry about that's why people don't really like to do their own taxes by themselves because i've used i think TurboTax years ago and i was always worried as to you know irs coming after me am i doing it right am i not even though there's like some help in there that someone can help you but i was always worried Mm-hmm. getting an audit. So what are some of the red flags that people can avoid in trying to trigger those um, audits? Yeah, that, so that's, that, that's a good question. So when it comes to audits, audits happen randomly. So from time to time, the IRAs will just randomly pick some returns and say, okay, we are going to edit this. It's more like a survey. Uh, some of you, you may have received Gallup for calls asking you, hey, do you, how do you feel about this and this? They randomly do that. So it's not something that is planned. There are situations where if you screw up on your taxes, where you the telltale signs for audit in most cases is one, underreporting your income, or you are claiming children whom you're just making up. It has happened. People were writing social security numbers which they have no idea what it is just to i mean it's there were cases i think some people in texas i think even florida where people would get away with uh, making up stuff so sometimes the irs uh, these are not magicians that i mean it's they know they rely on your integrity and your honesty to be forthcoming and say the truth so the telltale signs is under reporting your income or making up dependents who are not there. And then the major one that I see is, so in most cases, when you claim as head of household, you are either claiming somebody else's child. I mean, I know people do these tricks. You get your friends say, oh no, can I claim one hour ago? Or can I, whatever, to help whatever. In most cases, the names, like if it's Mr. Banda, the child's last name is something else. In most cases, head of household is a telltale sign because the IRS know that this person is using somebody's child. What's the relationship to the child for them to claim? So those you want to be careful when you do some of these things. So claiming head of household, joint married jointly, and you have dependents. In most cases, that one is the very easy way you are you are you are left alone. But head of household, you want to be careful when you do that because in, it may trigger some audit, especially if you leave out some income and just sometimes 
type, like I said, not typing the correct social security number mm -hmm. and messing up on the dates, like I say, month 0504, if it's supposed to be 0504, now you wrote 0405 and things like that. So this is why, like I say, I always double check with people. Tell me, were you born in May or were you born in September, October? Don't just write 0908. So like to me, I just always want to double check. So those are some of the if you are there, gen, I mean, definite errors on the refund, then the IRS, unfortunately, they'll come knocking. And when the IRS come knocking, it's not necessarily the end of the world. We can always give you advice in terms of what you need to do. There's, in this country, there's what is this called the Information Freedom of Information Act. You, you can trigger an equivalent of a 911, where if you are edited by the IRS, it just simply means your file has been triggered to be double-checked. Does not necessarily mean that you have done something wrong. I know most people when they say like audit, then they start jumping, trying to jump out of the window and all that stuff. If you know you've done something wrong, then you, you have reason to be, to be afraid. But if everything is fine, an audit is just the verification just to double-check, that you are who you say you are, because in some cases, I mean, there are people who have been dead, people are still filing taxes and they are on their behalf and all that stuff. So it's just, a, it's a sort of like a quality control for the IRS just to ensure that the system is working accordingly and all that stuff. So it's not a concern if you get audited unless you are doing something wrong. Really good advice. I would definitely agree since I'm in the financial space. Um, funny like how it is like sometimes you you miss a number on a social security someone's name literally mm -hmm. comes up and it's the mm -hmm. same process like if you don't do your due diligence in time in, in terms of verifying your social security number verifying your date of birth someone else can actually come up and it's because it's just a typo and sometimes it's an honest mistake as to just mm -hmm. um, making sure that's really really good advice and uh wow claiming to be the head of household wow all right. So, you know, we in, as immigrants, we work, we have like 10 jobs while out of here, mm -hmm. there. How does somebody consolidate all of that um, in terms of um, filing for their tax returns? So let's say I work at the hospital. I also work at the bank. I also work for Macy's during, you know, the holiday season and mm -hmm. I have another job. So how do we consolidate all of that and how do we claim for all of those yeah so uh, you may have regardless of the number of jobs that you have or income streams that are coming in uh, the rule of thumb is you have to report your income if it's jc penny and working at the mall or working caregiving or doing independent contracting in this case for instance if you drive uber or lyft or whatever the case may be the key is always keep tabs of your income and there's i've reached out to some of the people who have worked with me is uh, there is a spreadsheet software the not not necessary software but there's a spreadsheet which i have shared with some people and it helps them to track expenses throughout the year so that at least if income comes in from this source income coming from the other source the goal is to always ensure that at least you have those records you're keeping up with good records because the irs always has records of you so when you 
what most people don't know, especially is, let's say, if you work as a 1099 person or a W-2 person, there are usually three copies of your documents. Number one, they send you a 1099 or a W-2. The second one is sent to the IRS. The third one, it remains with the employer. So if you are a 1099, a caregiver, for instance, the people that you work for, if they issue this 1099, which they are supposed to, but I know I'm just, I mean, situations are different. So there are three copies. One goes to you, one goes to the IRS, one remains with the employer. So when you report that you made $50,000, the IRS already has that information. They just want to verify if you put what they already have. So sometimes going back to your previous question, what may trigger an audit is don't think you're the only one who received the W-2. The IRS gets a copy. So when you report that income on your, on your end, it has to match. When it doesn't match, you know the system, it's like, oh, there's a red, something red pops up, like, oh, yes, I don't know how, it, but it's like the numbers don't match. So now those are candidates for, for potential follow-up. In this case, it could be an audit. Say, ah, we have 50,000 on our end. Let's say Mr. X that you work for reported to us that you made 50,000 in 2023. Meanwhile, you have said you made 80,000. What's going on? So those, it's, that's how, because though there are always three forms of to you, the employer and the IRS. So you want to make sure again, to do your due diligence, to report the right income so that at least you don't find yourself in a situation where you have to start explaining. And if you do find yourself in that situation, please guys, keep your receipts. You pay for childcare, you pay for whatever, keep your receipts, all right? That's one advice I can I can give, that's my two cents. Before we open it up to everybody, what are some of the What's going on now? Do we have any updates on um, any uh, or updates on tax returns or taxes itself, like new law or anything that we haven't heard? Yes, yes. So the latest updates uh, has to do usually average person for the most part. It's the update that relates to child tax. Because previously, if you recall, during the COVID-19, I'm sure you were smiling when the PPE bill, where they had to increase the, the child credit. So it was increased to 3,600, mm -hmm. and then everybody else was smiling and everybody was going to the mall to do some shopping and all that stuff. Now, the following year, it that was taken off because mm -hmm. it was just a one-time thing. So it went back to 2,000. So now they are making some adjustments, which the house has, uh, I think the house has already passed. And the good thing is these, these laws are retrogressive, so which means what they decide, then it's going to be uh, applied. So as it stands, child tax is, should be 1,600, but now they want to push it to 1,800. So that is the latest adjustment. But the other stuff pertains to the retirement, which I mean, it may not apply for most people. So usually most people, there's a lot that has been happening in the background because every year, the thing with taxes is every year as a tax professional, you have to attend conferences yeah. So that at least the IRS over the summer, like summer of this this 2024, they'll be announcing the changes which will be applied on the following year. So every year they are 
it's, it's continuous learning as a tech professional as well, needs to always keep up. But I think most of the retirements and the, on the changes on the business side may not be applicable to most people, but the main one that I think most people are concerned about is the end income credit, which is still applicable if, if you qualify and also for the dependents, they are trying to adjust the, the amount because a lot of people had so much money at one time during the COVID, but now when you when you did your taxes last year, it wasn't the same. So uh, Congress is working on some legislation, but you know how it is with uh, these politicians, they will argue it out back and forth. But yeah, so that's the only thing. There are some proposed changes to the child tax. Would that apply uh, to this year? So if I filed already, would that apply yes. to this and they can make adjustments yes. and give credit? Yes, yes. It's a, it's retrogressive, which means the IRS, once the, the changes are made, then the IRS will make the adjustments. But also people need to be mindful of, I'm sure you may have heard about government shutdown. So government shutdown may impact the IRS because the IRS was a federal employees. When there's that confusion with the, the politicians, the tax the preparation may be halted. So it has happened before where government shuts down. What it simply means is that the federal employees, there's no money to fund them. So if that is the case, which I think the, the there are ongoing dialogue between the Republicans and the Democrats and the White House and all that stuff. But obviously the goal is to avoid the government shutdown. But if that is the case, then if you delay to file your taxes, you might you may be impacted. So this is why we have been encouraging people to make sure that you file your taxes uh, as soon as possible because the this tax season commenced on January 29th, which is just like a week ago, and it ends April 15th. So this is the time frame to make sure that at least you don't want to wait until the end. You yeah. want to make sure that at least you do your due diligence to file, uh, get your paperwork right, get your uh, receipts, or whatever the case may be, so that at least you have everything so that you end up with a, with a huge refund. Just like Michael Sata said, more money in your pocket. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, listen, this is uh, as always. I'm. I'm. It's always a joy for you and I to connect. For anybody who's joining me or haven't heard of Concrete Pastures, me and Mr. Ndlovu have co we connect even behind the scenes. So <laughs> we have an episode of him for you guys who are interested in uh, knowing his immigration story. Season two, episode fifteen and sixteen, part one, part two. It's fun. You enjoy it. I encourage that you. Uh, listen to it i'm going to share actually our link to our youtube channel and we are on all platforms by the way mm -hmm. where you can find your podcast so we're going to open it up to everybody you guys can turn on your videos if you want you can unmute yourselves let's fire some questions um again i thank you sir and um thank you for everybody who's joining us today go ahead guys feel free to ask uh, your questions please I'll go first. Go ahead, uh, Ronald. Um, yes, my name is Joint. My friends call me. Mm -hmm. um, I want to, for me, it's a scenario. I think my question is a scenario based. Uh, I think that's mm -hmm. the easiest way I understand things. 
So mm-hmm. imagine a situation, you come into the country, have that relief and, and that relief, you don't have your ITIN. And then later on, eight months later, get your ITIN. By God's grace, you find your own job. The right thing, you submit your ITIN, um, you also go to your bank, you give them your ITIN to add to your account and all that. The end of the whole cycle, get your 1099. That 10, uh, 1099 does not include any other little amount that came in your account previously within that year. Now you have this 1099 and you know very well that there were these other amounts coming in here and there that were not cut because you didn't have your, your ITIN then. What happens to that, that that money? I think that's the kind of my scenario and, and I want to be very clear as I'm as I'm speaking. Thank you oh. for that question. So first, I want to ask you back one question. Miss uh, Andrew, you're going to answer, but let me just ask because you mentioned bank account. Did you also get a 1099 from your account? Since I'm in the banking space, I can help a little bit for the savings account. Uh, I haven't received the 1099 for the savings, but something interesting is this: all my taxes money. Okay. So that's why I put all this, the, whatever it is I'm trying to save for the end of the year, I put it in there. So I just want to make, this is a common theme for a lot of our immigrants uh, in our community. So in a savings account, regular savings account, if you earn $10 or more, they'll send you a 1099 of interest. If you do not earn any, let's say you earn $9.99, they are not going to send you a 1099 for you to file against your taxes. So in the event you don't receive it, that means you did not earn that much interest. So for anybody who has earned uh, $10 or more, you will get a 1099 from your bank. But in the event that you've earned it and you haven't received it, you have to call your bank and ask them. Because you can check uh, right now, I mean, for a lot of banks, they have online banking. You can check for yourself. You can also see and calculate a quarterly or monthly, uh, however you get your interest, you'll be able to calculate that you got $10 or more. Uh, off to you, Mr. Andalovo. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for, for that. Yeah, and that's true. So a 1099, that has to do with the bank. By the way, the according to the law, your institutions, your employers, and everybody else, they have until January 31st to send you your tax documentation because the year concludes from January to December 31st. So now they have from January 1 to January 31st to send you this documentation. So we are just barely within uh, in February. So this is why they try to put the tax filing towards the end in most cases. But I've seen people, they can queue it up. You can file your taxes, but it won't be transmitted to the IRS on time until they open. So to your question, 1099 that have to do with the bank in most cases, I mean, 100% of the time has to do with savings. Depending on how much money, because if you open a checking account, you there's no tax obligation in that regard. But if you have a savings account, there's a form called the W-4. In most cases, you sign that. It's given by the bank so that any interest that you accumulate on your principal then is supposed to it's taxable so i don't know how much money we are looking at from from your end but the question that you ask is one of the money which was not it's not documented in most cases 
people who have more a lot of money because they they are threshold when it comes to taxes for instance if you made more than 600 and for businesses it's 400 the, the, the threshold so i personally would keep good records and follow up with the bank and depending on how much money is there but if it's money coming in from an employer uh, 1099 from uh, there's a 1099 called NEC uh, non-employee uh, compensation but in this case you're talking about the bank so it's good to include that but when it comes to taxes pretty much I'm not sure uh, about the amount so I mean maybe you can call outside the, this uh, platform so we can discuss a little bit more but those it's something to do with your savings account, not income coming in from wages. So that's what I'm hearing from you. So there were two questions. So there was one for the savings, right? The one that mm -hmm. uh, just Madam Nancy just added. So yes, I have a savings account and that savings account is being used to keep an amount. I'll, I'll just give you a range, right? Like mm -hmm. between uh, seven to ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars for specifically meant for taxes if it's less well and good if it's small then we work on that then um i have and, and all these all these funds are coming straight from wages so they're coming mm -hmm. straight from work so then i transfer them from my checking account into the savings account so i create some form of separation between um you know the checking and you know funds i'm putting aside for those taxes and just my normal savings so and then i get a 1099 from my employers right and it comes mm. through and that's the one that i'm talking about now so if i get that 1099 and then before i got my itin i had some little monies popping into my bank account from relief mm. and all and all that mm. so my question was what happens to that then like do i start now tracking back before the itin to include <laughs> you know oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's 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 much more clear now. Yeah. So the year in which you obtain your item, uh, you are not basically if you got your item in 2023, you are not liable for tax in that. So in those cases, those places, those instances where you have those funds prior to your item, you don't have to worry about that. So you focus on. The, which which month did you get your item? I got my item in uh, Feb 2023. Okay, yeah. So your your tax you are liable for 2024. So you don't necessarily have to worry about the the previous time. So as we go forward for 2024, this is when now whatever came in prior to you not having the item, it's not. Uh, something that you should worry about. So this will simply means that between Ferb going uh, all the way forward, that's when that um, that's when I, I will be liable to pay for that for those taxes, right? Yes, yeah, because you cannot be penalized when you didn't have the taxes. I mean, so when you didn't have the the item. Okay. Thank you for the clarity. All right, you're welcome. Guys, any any more questions? You're gonna unmute yourselves while you ask the questions and you can also uh, <laughs> jump on a video. If, uh... Feel free to ask a question. I think it, uh, I see there's something in the chat, but if you want, you can just unmute and ask your question. Yeah, no, I'm monitoring the chat. Um, we don't have. 
as 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 you are waiting for others, I know um, I can ask another question. Sure, please. This is a scenario of uh, a colleague of mine uh, who was who filed taxes for the first time, and then they found that they they were uh, they had they had more to pay, and they were owing. Mm-hmm. So they paid part of the amount, and they had like a, a five thousand balance, mm-hmm. and that balance kind of you know they struggled to pay that and then it went all the way um to january the next year like in that particular case what happens i know they've been getting letters coming to them being told to clear that amount and they've not been able to clear probably they don't didn't have a job and all but now that they have a, a job what, what happens like does that what penalties or how does IIS uh, respond to that yeah yeah so th- thank you for that question so the IRS un- unfortunately is not a friendly agency that you can negotiate your way out uh, the IRS is the collection agency for the government so they are strict with their yeah so they are not going to be coming to you smiling hey you have to pay no they will just impose a penalty so this is why the expectation for instance tax season opened like this time around last week january 29th and it ends april 15th now let's say for your friend the expectation is when you file your taxes, the IRS has about 21 days for the most part, unless if you have dependents where if you file a uh, first week, let's say you file the first week, January 29th, and you include dependents, IRS holds that to your entry until after February the 12th, if you are applying for EIC and income credit, which is triggered mostly if you have dependents. So they have to double check because previously things used to be different. So the IRS has about 21 days for the most part to issue a refund. In most cases, it comes in much earlier. So the expectation is the same on you. From January 29th to April 15th, if it happens that you're not due a refund and then you you have to settle a bill with the government, you have three options. The first option is they can deduct the money from your account, just like the way we receive money directly deposited into our accounts. The same thing, you can give your account details to the IRS and indicate on which day they will deduct those, those funds. That's option number one. Option number two is you can set up a payment plan. The payment plan, let's say you owe $5,000. As long as the tax is not paid between April 15th, uh, January to April 15th, if it's not paid within that allocated time slot, then regardless, you get your penalties. So if you are not able to pay in one installment, then on each installment, there will be a, a late fee or a, a penalty and all that stuff. So for your friend who went all the way to January, the IRS is okay with that because they will still charge you interest on that. So in most cases, there's a penalty and then there's interest. So you want to make sure that if you owe, you try to clear it off as soon as possible so that at least you avoid those interests and things like that. So again, this takes me back to my initial comment that you want to talk to a tax professional. They help you plan so that at least when it comes to taxes, then you know what you're doing. Donald Trump, Elon Musk, 
Jeff Bezos and all these people who are in the one percent, they're in the one percent for a reason because they plan. So most of us, in most cases, we want to find after the fact. That's when say, hey, no, how much do you think I owe? I wait last year. How much do you think I owe? That is the mindset that uh, some of us are trying to discourage because you want to be proactive you want to plan ahead of time so that at least when the time comes for taxes you are not asking how much it's like most most people will say what's going on like when you greet people you say what's going on in a in a way you're not supposed to say what's going on because you it shows you don't know what's going on i want you to think a little bit about this they will say black people say what's going on like hey you meet up with some guys say hey what's going on man what's going on in a way you're indicating you don't know what's going on so when it comes to taxes you want to be proactive you want to do the planning before the tax season so that you know your tax brackets that you know that okay i don't have to wake every weekend every night and have three four five jobs no you can do that but you have to figure out okay i shouldn't go past a certain amount this is why you find these people are able to avoid paying taxes is because of planning ahead of time this is what uh, i'm encouraging people so to your friend when the money is not paid within the allocated time you get your penalties and you get your interest so thank you uh with the penalty and the interest can they also do a uh, tax deduction from that as an individual so if i'm paying no. irs hmm. no you are penalized <laughs> the, the irs is, is penalizing you Ah, guys, I'm just trying to no. get us more money, okay? <laughs> really, really informative. Uh, really great comments and great questions out here. Um, so there's a question here. What percentage is paid for a person who does not have a social security number but has a, a teen? So the tax ID number. Uh, so yeah, if they have so, a, a teen. Yeah, so the I-10, individual tax identifier number, which is i10 or some people call it tax id so that is issued to people who do not qualify for a social security number mm. and these are people who are coming in from different countries for instance i know i'm just trying to educate some people on the item let's suppose there is a person here who has left some uh, property in your name like there are people like oh they travel to one country they fell in love with this beautiful man or this i mean oh this handsome man or this beautiful woman and then they say oh i'm leaving this property in your in your name mm. so you're happy you're excited and let's say you live in angola uh, kenya zambia you just met this guy or this woman and somehow they pass on and then they leave something in your hand then you apply for an item you may reside in zambia or wherever you can apply for an item so an item is not only just for somebody here because if the property is here in the united states which means the government still wants you to pay tax so those are instances special in- instances where somebody needs an item so i just wanted for people to know uh, what other instances one can apply for an item so when you apply for an item the rule of thumb is 30%. If it's 1300 goes to the government. Huh. So, it's 30%. Lovely. Wow. Okay. If you don't have papers of status, uh should you be filing for taxes? Yeah, that that that's a good question. So, 
I love it. Yeah. So let me put it this way. When you live in this country, the expectation is you want to do the right thing. So when you, for instance, I usually give this example to some of my friends. When you over 60, I think it's over 60% of people who are so-called undocumented in the United States is they overstayed their visa. They overstayed their visa. So they do not have the legal right to work. Now, the IRS is sort of like putting pressure on us as tax preparers, tax professionals and uh, things like that to do our due diligence to be asking questions and things like that. So when somebody enters the country, they overstay the welcome, they turn around and tell the government, hey, I'm here, look, I'm paying tax. The Department of Homeland Security knows that this person has overstayed. But in most cases, in most cases, they understand that uh, obviously this person is quote unquote an economic refugee. These are people who are not a priority as opposed to somebody who is caught up in smuggling, yeah. uh, using, dr- I mean, drug dealing and all these things. That's a priority for the government. Most of the people, if you are out of status, you open a bank account, the government knows. Because lending institutions, they connect with the government. So a person who has an item, should they be filing taxes? Yes, if you have an item or a tax ID, then you have already communicated to the government that you are here. Therefore, they issue you, this is why they issue you, the government knows. Not that they don't know, they know. They give you a tax ID because you're paying tax. I think back then in the early 2000, I don't know the statistics, there were people who were making up these things and then they were using for work. When you work with a non-real social security number, your employer still takes out the tax. So that tax, the powers that be, they know that this money is not going to be claimed. It will disappear in some way, somehow. So the answer is, as long as you know you have an item, then you're supposed to pay tax. And your tax is 30%. So are they filing or are they not? If you don't have papers, like legal papers to leave here. Are they filing, are they not? Or they can just wait until then to file? No, if they have a tax ID, because to be legal in the United States, because uh, they are, it's more like on a credit report where they say it's a soft hit or it's a hard hit. Gotcha. A soft, a soft hit is you are here in the U.S. and you already have an item. You still have to file your taxes because the reason for the for the item, it's individual tax identification number. You are the individual who has informed the government that you received some income and then now you want to turn around and pay tax so when you you have an item then you have to be able to file taxes regardless of your immigration status got it guys any more questions keep the questions coming (laughs) really great and um we have a comment here really great to listen and very informative so thank you to you sir and uh, thank you for everybody who is uh, participating so after how long of working can you file taxes 
when you, when you receive your statement of income, in this case, the statement of income, it could be uh, when you're working back home, you get a pay stub or weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, you get a pay stub. Now, the accumulation of pay stubs for a given year is called a W-2 or a 1099 because it documents the amount of income that you earned in a particular year. For instance, we're looking at 2023, you get a pay stub or quote-unquote a W-2 or a 1099, which has all your income for 2023. Now you turn around and use that, oh, in 2023, I, Coco, received $50,000, then you pay taxes. So if it's an item, it's 13%. So there are tax treaties with the United States, like China and these other countries, but and India. Unfortunately, Zambia is not one of the countries which has a tax treaty with the United States. So you are at 30%. So you just have to encourage people to do a little talk to a tax professional to help you plan, especially because this is the beginning of the year. We're looking until 2024, December 31st. You want to make sure that at least you do your planning so that you know how to win. So that when it comes to December 31st, you already know how much you're going to pay the IRS. So if somebody made 1,500 weekly, by four, it's 6,000. Now you multiply six, so in a month you make 6,000. Or let's say somebody who makes $1,000 every week. So if you make $1,000 every week, you multiply that by four, four weeks, it's 4,000 then you multiply by 12. That's your total income for the year. And then you, depending on whatever deductions, whatever credits that you have. And if you are single, you cannot file as married if you are using an item with single. So when you file, depending on your tax brackets, whatever, then you subtract your total income, less expenses, minus deductions and uh, credits, that's your tax obligation. You're so that's how it works. Gotcha. So you're talking about expenses. Uh, while we're waiting for you to um, put in questions in here, you're talking about expenses. What expenses really... I'm always confused with that. I buy suits for work. I buy uh, food. My, um, I, I know that my kids, you know, like daycare and all of that, that's qualified activities, that's qualified. But, I mean, gas going to work, what type of expenses do you qualify? Because I want to put all of that, BJ's, Costco, all of that. I want to put all of that in my tax return. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's good. I mean, I, I like the, I keep the questions coming. Yeah, so if you're a W-2, no expenses, because uh, if you're a W, if you receive a W-2, no expenses that I have to add, unless because your standard deduction, for instance, your standard deduction for 2024, which has been adjusted to inflation, is 13,000. I think, are you able to like to share the thing so I can, or can you pull up the, I don't know if on your separate window we like, you can share, we can explain to the people what we mean when we talk about these deductions. I think no, this will give more. us more uh, more uh, people reaching out to you so they can, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people, yeah, you can. A rundown. Yeah. So others, you guys, oh, more yeah, questions. Yeah. I mean, we can go at yeah. this all day. I have yeah. plenty of no, questions. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. So if you're a W-2 person, which means all your expenses, I've taken out the deductions, like, I mean, 
FICA, Social Security, Medicaid, and whatever tax, they give you the difference after the government, I mean, the, the government's share has been paid. So if you are 1099, then they give you the whole check so that you can now, in most cases, if you're a I-10, you have a, mm, a 1099, which means you are supposed to pay the taxes to the government after you've received your income. But a W-2, you they take out all the, the deductions and whatever else, so they give you the difference. So you don't have to have any expenditure, expenses, unless maybe it's depending on your tax bracket. For instance, the standard deduction is if you're single, it's 13,100. Now, if you're married, it's 27,100. So unless you are telling the government that, hey, me, I am single, I had more expenses to run my business. In this case, like if they exceed 13,100, then you can itemize your deduction. So in most cases, if they say you donated the car, to whatever goodwill or whatever or you did those big things where it exceeds thirteen thousand. no tight yeah tight depending uh you can it's tax deductible this is why most churches they'll give you the uh, a 1099 to i mean like uh, a, a statement of, of what you've contributed to the church or whichever organization so that if you think it exceeds more than 13,000, but chances are most people in a given year, 13,000, it's a lot. It's even better for us. If you are a business person, if you are a caregiver, you are a contractor, what you want to do is you want to itemize if, let's say, you are driving a truck and you have to go back and forth throughout the crisscross the U.S., which means the mileage, the gas, you can deduct the gas, the mileage, the food that you eat on the, I mean, as you are driving and doing all these things, those are the expenses that you have to make sure you keep tabs and proper receipts and all that. Should the IRS do an audit, then you want to make sure that you have, you can back up what you're saying. But if you're a W-2, ex expenses, going, driving to work, you're supposed to do that. Taking care of the kids, <laughs> paying for this thing, you're supposed to do that as a parent. Lord. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. A question here. If, let's say someone gets their tax, that, that item in the middle, let's say it's June, after tax mm -hmm. season. So they get it June. Do they still pay tax that year? <clears throat> so they have to wait till the following year. Like the, the they say, year. they get it June this year, they wait till 2025. Correct. Got it. Uh, how about people who own their own homes and uh, they're filing for um, taxes? How do they include that? Or can is that tax deductible or no? First time home buyers, there's a deduction for that. And there's mortgage interest, uh, depending on your situation, because not all homes are uh, made equal. And also it depends on the locality where you live. If you live, uh, for instance, in New Mexico, Vermont, New Mexico, Vermont, I think in Idaho, there is another credit which is going to be coming from the state, which the state will be uh, able to supplement or add. But if you live in different states, then it, that's not applicable. So these things depend on 
where you are and what type of a house and what type of fuel. Just like if you call for insurance company, you want to insure your car, they'll ask you, is it automatic something? Does it have a remote entry? Does it have what, what? So it just depends. So depending on your locality, uh, your house could qualify for certain deductions but you want to double check with your tax professional and be able to advise because that's sort of like a case-by-case situation. Um, Guys, anybody with uh, one last question? I know some people joined uh, later on. Um, this will be posted on our YouTube channel. I've shared the link. Um, if you look into the chat, I've shared the link and it will also be posted. The audio version of it will be posted on all our platforms. Uh, anywhere where you catch your podcast, we are on Spotify, Apple, anywhere. And also our social media platforms called Concrete Pastures, as you could see on the banner over here. But um, any last questions, guys, before we, we go? I want to thank everybody who's been able to join us. This has been super duper informative. I thought I knew some things, but I was in a whole new class over here. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you, Mr. Dulovo. I, listen, we connect behind the scenes. We connect here. Uh, I always have fun. Any last words, any advice? Uh, before I actually turn it over to him, uh, for all of you that got, that joined us and whoever is listening and watching this, he is an expert in our tax returns. You don't want to get it wrong. Trust me, you don't want to get it wrong. You don't want IRS to come after you, speak to an expert, and he is an expert. Uh, let's reach out to him. I'll have all his contact, all his uh, info. You guys can just click, go, and make, give him a call, and he'll be able to help you. He's been doing this for a long time. Let's leverage our, expert, uh, our experts. He's taken time to explain the ins and the outs of how our tax returns work. This is was, this was just only on the consumer side, and he does also the business side so for all of you that have side hustles and uh, businesses going on you can also leverage him while you reach out to him as well uh, there's a message in here let me see his contact details i will share uh we'll be posting this um the following sunday our episodes come out uh, every sunday so i'll give you the exact sunday that's coming out um it's going to come out the 18th. So the 18th, we are, hold on, I'm sorry, Sunday. Yes, the 18th, the episode is coming out um, on the 18th. So please uh, look out for that and I will share his contact in the show notes. In the meantime, um, he will share with you guys his contact. You can start reaching out because tax period is now. So he will reach out, right? You, you can reach out as soon as this call ends. Yeah, so it's... Uh... It's a pleasure to share these moments and figure out a way to help more people because some of us have worked in this space where we're trying to keep our people informed, keep our people intelligent, keep our people in the know of whatever is happening out there. So when it comes to taxes, there are people who are in the upper class who are paying little to no tax legally. Why? They have a bunch of attorneys and tax professionals who help them plan. So when it comes to you, there are certain things that you can do to be in a better position to expect a huge refund when you file taxes or to pay as low as possible. Because in the tax code, it encourages people to use a variable tax 
loans to reduce as much your bracket, your tax liability as possible. You've seen Donald Trump was sort of playing hard to get when it came to the taxes. He, he did that for political reasons, but not that he was doing anything wrong, no. What he, he does, and he continues to do, most of these huge people in the 1%, they pay little to no tax because they leverage the experts to help them understand. So what we try to do is to help people, like obviously today, most people have had a better understanding of the tax code and there's just a lot more. So when it comes to taxes, there are different types of, it's like an attorney who practices compensation tax, I mean, compensation law, injury law, motor vehicle insurance. I mean, there's just different types. So when it comes to taxes, this is income tax, it's just different. So you want to make sure that at least you're keeping up with what is happening so that at least you have a better understanding. And just like Nancy mentioned, you can reach out if you have questions, comments, concerns, or we'll help you plan so that at least when the tax season comes, you are not anxiously wondering how much am I going to pay? What do I need to know? You want to make sure that at least you are proactive. You are doing your due diligence so that at the end of the year, when the tax season is on, just like Michael Sutter says, you end up with more money in your pocket. So that's what we're trying to do to help you have more money in the pocket by explaining the tax code so that at least you are better informed that way you'll be able to make wise decisions i thank you for your attention thank you so much you mind just sharing your contact the easiest contact oh, yeah there? so i'm gonna put a tag so there's a website on on the chat you could just share it in the chat so everybody can grab it yeah so let me type the the website is www.ways actually let me turn off the thing so i can type properly so the website, you can reach out and we'll put the phone number, wastefinancial.com. And the phone number is 202-733-0809. So that, those are the contact details and reach out and let's help you to have more money in your pocket. This has been an honor as always. I'm always excited to have you. And for everybody who joined again, it's also an honor to meet you guys and uh, to have this dialogue, which is most needed in our community. We want to be informed and uh, we want to make sure that we have more money in our pockets. I appreciate you guys for joining. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you, as always. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you. That's it on today's episode. It's truly an honor to serve each and every dreamer. Concrete Precious now provides targeted services to dreamers coming to the US of A. We assist you to successfully integrate. We are here to support you as you write your new chapter. Kindly check out our services in the link tree. Until next time, keep dreaming.